Y'all, summer is gone. It is out the door. Some of us may not be excited about that, but ready or not, here we go. We're also concluding our series called Songs of Jesus. We've been in the biggest book of the Bible, the Psalms, where they have been teaching us how to be real before God, how to be authentic with whatever emotion we may be feeling, with whatever circumstance we may be living through. The Psalms teach us to be honest before the Lord, that he can handle all that we go through this side of heaven. And we've been asking three questions as we've been looking at each of these psalms, the first of which is adore. What does the psalm teach me about God? So we've learned a lot about who God is through the psalms. We've also been learning a lot about ourselves as we admit certain things that may not be too great or grandiose about who we are. Are this these psalms teach us that it's okay to be imperfect as we follow the only perfect one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the third thing is aspire. How does this psalm compel me to respond? So we've had different actions that these psalms have asked us to uh, uh, put into our lives. So let's recap real quick. You got. Let me see if you got a little uh, recap. Flyer, there you go. You can take this home, put it on your fridge, put it somewhere where you can see it and remember what God has taught us through this series. We started with Psalm 139, very intimate psalm that God saw us in our unformed bodies when we were in our mother's womb, when we were even invisible to an ultrasound. God saw us. He knows us. Psalm 40, God delivers us from anything that comes our way this side of heaven. God is our ultimate home. Psalm 84, God comforts us. He is our refuge place. That is Psalm chapter 16. Psalm 8, God's glory is all around us. Psalm 42, God lavishes his love on us. Psalm 1 was last week. God's word guides us. And this morning we'll be in Psalm 103, which is that God is a God of blessing. He loves to bless us. We're looking at this psalm that's going to conclude our series, which I think is fitting because the last end, the last bunch of psalms all talk about praising God, ascribing glory and honor to God and who he is. So we're looking at Psalm 103. We already heard it. Bob read it earlier. I won't be able to replicate the booming voice that he brought to us, but let's go ahead and start reading Psalm 103, what it teaches us about God, ourselves, and what it's calling us to do. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Right off the bat, we get what we are to do, what we are to aspire towards, and that is to bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, all that is within me. Remember, we learn in this series that we don't have souls. We are souls. It is wholly who we are. We are a soul, both the material and the immaterial part of us. And so uh, let's stay in that first uh, verse, if we can, just for a bit. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. So what we are learning to aspire towards is to bless the Lord. Now let's let's go there. And I have a question for us. How is your worship muscle? So bless is another another word is is praise. Good news, we've already done that. So you can even rate your performance uh, earlier as we were singing, or uh, you can just come up with some 
way, some, some way to dictate where you are on the worship spectrum. Some of us, our worship muscles, we can stay up here all worship, you know, all worship long. 25, 30 minutes, even an hour. We can stay over here. We're strong in our worship. Some of us, uh, we're, we're, we're just right here. This is our worship muscle, and that, that's great. Some of us need a, a little bit more support, so this is where we live, right here. We just, we just like to be real comfortable in our worship muscles. And then, and then some of us are, are here. We're just not so sure about this whole worship thing. And so we're just more spectating. Listen, again, we are a church of imperfect people and we're all doing our best to follow the only one, the Lord Jesus, well, the only perfect one, the Lord Jesus Christ. So wherever we are on the spectrum, you are welcome here in this place. And here's the thing about our worship muscle. It's not what we do physically that matters most. It's what's in our hearts. So you could actually be like this and be the most fervent worshiper in the house. Jesus was calling out those that were lifting holy hands. They knew the exact time, the right time. They waited for the chorus. Boom, baby. Ah, got it. Nailed it. I'm there. And so he's calling them out in Matthew 15. And he says this, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Good news is that God's not interested in, in our outward performance. Worship is not performance. Worship is a spiritual workout. And so we exercise our worship muscle by focusing on who God is. We need to Correct some problems that we have to this word blessing before we can move on to this awesome chapter that is filled with God's blessings for us. So no matter where you are on the spectrum, today you will learn how to have a workout plan for your worship muscle. That is my aim for us this morning. So we aspired, okay, bless the Lord. Let's, let's continue. Let's continue reading here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So a few things about this word blessing. This, the Hebrew word for blessing is barak, and what it literally means is to kneel. So blessing means to bring honor in a subservient position. So it makes sense that us as the creatures of a creator God would bless the Lord. But we need to remember that we are not blessing someone that has not blessed us first. God blessed us first. Think about it. God kneeled. He became human for you and for me. He came to serve, not to be served. Every other religion in the world has the right ordering as we would think of it in our human finite minds, that the creature would bless the Lord. But from the beginning in Genesis 1, chapter 28, it says that God blessed all of humanity as he was creating us. In Genesis chapter 12, it says that God blessed this one man, Abraham, and that through his family, he would bless the entire world. God blessed us first. We bless as a response to his blessing in our lives. It's wild. Chew on that for a little bit that the creator of the world has blessed you and me. So we respond as we bless the Lord. The second thing is that sometimes we equate blessing to material possessions. 
instead of spiritual things, instead of spiritual confessions. So when we look at blessing, we think, man, I'm so blessed because I live in Wimberley, Texas. I live in Hayes County. I live in St. Marcus. I live in Kyle. I live in Driftwood. I live in Kenya Lake and wherever else we may be living in this morning in the room. So we are blessed for sure to live. You were blessed to live in this country. Those are true blessings, but those blessings can come and go. Spiritual blessings cannot be contained no matter uh, in, in this world. Spiritual blessings are forever. They're unchanging. So uh, David here is talking about these spiritual blessings. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Here's what we have to admit. Here's what I have to admit. That God has blessed me richly, yet I forget all the time. I forget his blessings. I forget his goodness. I forget the ways that he has come through in my life. I'm prone to wander. And so we have this psalm that teaches us how to not forget, how to remember God's blessing. Because even if material things go through the wayside, we can still bless the Lord, Job, teaches that. See, Job was rich in material blessings. He had a, a big house, big family, a lot of stuff, a lot of cattle, and, and all of that was taken away. First his home, then his possessions, and then tragically his family, everyone except for his wife. And he says this in Job 1, 21, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is the aim. No matter what our circumstance is, are our worship muscles strong enough to bless God in every event, in every season of life? See, at the end, we talked about Genesis 1 already. At the end in Revelation, we learn that we're going to be blessing God all the time. It's going to be a little bit of a lengthy passage in Revelation 9, 12, but stay with me. The apostle John is having a vision and he's, he's saying, look, and, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from every, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessings and honor and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Our end goal is to bless God. Our current purpose is to bless God despite our circumstances. So how are those muscles? How are those muscles? You may be thinking, I don't know. You, you, you have no idea what my circumstance looks like. How can I be blessing God in this circumstance? Well, I'm glad you came this morning because our spiritual workout is all in this chapter, Psalm 103. We're only two verses in. And then uh, next, David gives us 18 blessings. Don't worry, I'll go through them quickly. 18 blessings that he gives us, but first, a story. 
We, uh, as a church, chose to partner with this church in Cuba. In 2017, I went over there with Hector Herrera. We went to go check out um, the, the ministry and also see if we can bring students there, which we ended up doing in 2018. We brought about 20 high school students with us, and we had a good old time. That was a fun mission trip to Cuba. And the other thing that we were doing is we were bringing material blessings over TV, uh, lights. It was the ultimate smuggling operation that I've ever been a part of. I hope that one day it will uh, be eclipsed because that adrenaline that I experienced, unlike anything else for the glory of God, it was awesome. But I'm not telling you that story for that. I'm telling you that story because it was eight days long and a lot of wonderful blessings. I have some pictures here. That's Havana, Cuba. I grew up in Miami, so it's like a unicorn island. You know, You know it exists, but you don't really know what it's like. And it was Wonderful to be there and, and experience that culture, but more so wonderful to be with the church. So here's Ricardo. Remember, Pastor Ricardo was with us a few months ago, and the church back then, that was his house, the bottom floor of his house. Now uh, they meet at a bigger building because the church is growing, praise the Lord. And it was halfway through, I think, that I got sicker than I've ever been in my life. I didn't know if I was going to make it. I really didn't know what happened to me, but I was not well. I remember one thing. Hector, in the middle of the night, would wake up, and he would just pray over me. And I promise you, I know that I was healed by Jesus. I mean, you're in Cuba, healthcare, uh, cell phone reception, nil, no communication to the outside world. So all we had was faith. And I also didn't want to disturb, you know, the, the, the mission that we were on. I didn't want to be the mission myself, you know. So anyway, I got through it. We came home and then I got sick again, not physically, but emotionally. See, my wife wrote me a letter for every single day that I was gone and I didn't open a single one of them. I had forgotten to open the letters that she wrote me that surely would have helped to comfort me. Again, no cell phone reception, all of that stuff that we take for granted every day, you don't have there. Now they have it more than they did back then. Anyway, here's where it connects with this. Forget not all his benefits. Can we put that back on the screen? Psalm 103, verse 2. Forget not all his benefits. We are forgetful, and we need to remember that God, his love is never-ending and always present. So I knew that my wife loved me, but here's what I missed out. In a hard season, I missed out on having the comfort and the awareness that someone was thinking about me. And it's the same with the Lord. Sometimes we know that God loves us, but we need to be aware of his presence and, his, and the spiritual blessings that he has given us that helps us get through every circumstance. Are we willing to open up the letter? Are we willing to receive those blessings? Here we go. We're only in verse two. Again, I'm going to go fast through 18 blessings that we have here in chapter 103 of the book of Psalms. Here's the first one who forgives all your iniquity. He forgives all of our sins, all the wrongdoings that we have ever committed. He heals our diseases. We are either healed this side of heaven through a miracle or, or through the miracle of medicine, or we are healed the other side of heaven. Regardless, we are promised healing 
when, we're, when we are in Jesus. Verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit. A lot of us have amazing redemption stories of God bringing us out of a dark place and bringing us into the kingdom of light who crowns you. He crowns us with his steadfast love and mercy. This word for love is hesed. It is never-ending love and mercy. Verse 5, who satisfies you with Good. God's ways, even when we don't understand them, are always what's best for us. And we can trust that when God says do it this way, in the long run, it's going to be best for us. Only he satisfies. We sang it earlier. Jesus at the center of it all. Nothing else matters. He satisfies us with good so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Eagles in Hebrew literature are a symbol for strength, for endurance. Eagles can hang out. Their worship muscles were real strong. They can hang out in the air and fly long distances. And so it is when we are in the Lord. He renews our strength like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. We can trust God to defend the vulnerable, to, to vindicate injustice. That's God's job. He sees us when we are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. He revealed his personal name to Moses. I am that I am, Yahweh. He gave us his personal name. More so, he revealed his character. These next Verses are from Exodus 34, 5 through 8, which, by the way, are the most repeated verses in the entire Old Testament that the Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger. Praise God. He is patient with us. God's kindness, Romans 2, leads us to repentance. God is slow to anger. He is not quick to respond to our disobedience, and he is abounding in steadfast love. Psalm 45 says his wonders are too numerous to count. They're never ending. And then verse 9, he will not always chide. That's another word for rebuke or punish, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Again, speaking to God's mercy. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. His steadfast love is awesome. It is amazing. It is great. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. I'd like for you to think about the worst thing that you've ever thought or done in the image of God removing that as far as, far as possible here on earth. His love is that great. His love is amazing grace. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He is in it with us. He is empathetic no matter what we, what we may be going through. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Again, in our unformed bodies, God saw us. He formed us from the dust of the ground. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord 
is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him in his righteousness, to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandment. When our life is gone or when our life is over, we can trust that his everlasting love will continue. And when we are in Christ, that blessing flows through our children and our grandchildren and their children. The blessing goes on and on. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This last one speaks to God's kingship, his lordship over all things. He is the commander of heaven's armies. He uses the angels to work for our behalf. This is overwhelming. Spiritual blessings that God lavishes on his people through Jesus. Don't worry. I compiled them all in one list. Here they are. And I encourage you to take these. Take these. Think about them. Ruminate on them. And here's that, that, that that's your spiritual workout. So normally we work out and, and we do, you know, we, we lift weights or we run here. We're not focusing on what we do, but what God has done for us. And that's what compels us to bless and praise the Lord because his works are amazing. Spiritual blessings that no one can take away. That no matter what circumstance we may be working through, we can be sure that these immaterial blessings will be present in our lives. All praise to God. See, Jesus came to bring about these blessings to all people so that one day all who are in the name of Jesus will be doing what Revelation uh, says and, and what we did a little bit of this morning. I didn't know Joel was going to do that. That was cool. Singing in Spanish. All tribes, all peoples, all languages, one common denominator, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who came to bless. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10 sums it up this way. As Christians, we say, I'll praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. See, he didn't withhold anything. He gave us everything. Everything that he has, he has given to us. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. That's how it wraps up. We, we read Genesis. We're reading from the Psalms thousand years before Jesus. And, and now we're reading the apostle Paul explicating, explaining the wonders of God's blessings, this side of heaven. I know we all have material blessings and we should be thankful for those, but what would it look like to exercise by receiving, by adoring God in receiving these blessings and allow them to compel us 
to worship God. Let's recap real quick. And I got a story and then, yep, that's part of my story. That picture, bless the Lord. How's my worship muscle? That's what we want to do. Admit we forget God's blessing. So think about what is distracting us from God. This is a busy season now as we're ramping out a lot of things, but our purpose here on earth is to give God glory and to give him praise, to respond to how he has blessed us and adore the Lord is a God of blessing. Have I accepted God's abundant blessing? I was enjoying some material blessings and relational blessings this week. I got to go to Miami where most of my family still lives and celebrate my grandpa, my abuelo's 90th birthday. It was wonderful. I hadn't seen them since before 2020, so it was emotional. A lot of hugging, a lot of kissing, a lot of eating, a lot of talking. That's the recap right there. Time with my family. That's what we do, and it was awesome. A lot of music, a lot of singing, um, and so I went on a jog early one morning, beautiful place, Kibiskin in Miami, Florida. This is a picture that I took early on, and it both made me uh, sad that summer was coming to an end. So this is your last beach before we enter into the uh, uh, the fall, okay? But it also reminded me one that as great as all of those material blessings were, greater are God's blessings, spiritual blessings that are only for me. See, only I can receive God's blessings. Only you personally can receive. God's blessings. Mom and dads, you can model. You can model what it looks like to bless the Lord as you drive and turn on 97.7 here, the, the worship station, Air One, or, or play that Spotify playlist. Did you know, by the way, that we have kids join us during worship? So mom and dad, your kids worship with you so that they see how you worship God. That's why we have kids here in our worship instead of keeping them back there in their kids' building. So Here's the thing about this picture. When I face the sun and, and, and look at the rising sun on the east, if you are to my right and if you are to my left, you would be seeing that exact thing. A, a ray of light headed straight to you. God sees, knows, and loves every single human being. He has that amazing capacity to bless every individual. The question is, are we willing to accept it? Jesus, at the end of his ministry, he was uh, resurrected in the resurrected body, and right before ascending, he says this in Luke chapter 24. He led them out. That's the disciples as far as Bethany. And then lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and we're continually in the temple blessing God. Worship team, you can come back up. But I love the order here. Jesus blessed, and then how did the disciples respond? They worshiped him, and they were continually, and were continually in the temple blessing God. That's how I want us to close in Worship. It's a famous song that we probably already know. If not, you're going to be introduced to a good one. It's called 10,000 Reasons. Matt Redman, who wrote this song, actually wrote it after this chapter. I found 18 reasons. Somehow he found 10,000 reasons. I guess musicians are a little bit more dramatic, right? Uh, exaggerated. So, no, he's calling every blessing that comes our way is from the Lord. And in writing this song, he said this about the process. If you wake up one morning, 
and you cannot think of a reason to bring God some kind of offering of thanks or praise, then you can be sure there's something wrong at your end of the pipeline and not his. We live beneath an unceasing flow of goodness, kindness, greatness, and holiness. And every day we're given reason after reason why Jesus is so completely and utterly worthy of our highest and best devotion. So let's all rise and close by blessing God. We thank you, Jesus, for the blessing that is to be called your sons and daughters. And for anyone in the house, God, that is yet to call you their heavenly father, to call you their savior and their Lord. Thank you that what you're looking for is not some awesome act, but it's a posture in our heart that says yes to you and surrender. And so if that's you this morning, if something resonated with you through worship,